Hello everyone, welcome to our podcast, United in Diversity. As you know, this is a Section 27 election podcast series that we've decided to start ahead of elections that will allow us to engage on the issues in our society in relation to the Constitution. Today, we're going to be talking about service delivery and the Constitution. I have wonderful guests with me um, from the from SERI. We have Alana Potter, who is the Director of Research and Advocacy. Thank you for being with us, Alana. Thanks for having me. Um, I also have Uvuyani Baloyi and Tandiwem Tombeni, who are part of the leadership of the Total Shutdown Alex Movement. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank, thank you. you. Okay, so just for a little bit of context, maybe Uvuyani, you can start us off. Can you give people who haven't heard about the Total Shutdown Alex Movement just a brief um, summary of what the movement is actually about? Okay, so the Alex Total Shutdown Movement uh, started on the 21 of February. How it actually started, it was, it was a, a organized peaceful march which was uh, applied for. Uh, we went to the Joburg uh, Region League offices in Santi to hand over a memorandum to the mayor. Uh, we did not find the mayor on that day. We found officials there, uh, I think it was the RD, and uh, the mayor was in Kikali. But in the memorandum, we stated our grievances, which were service delivery related issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in those issues, we mentioned the issue of illegal uh, mushrooming of uh, illegal structures. We mentioned the issue of uh, refuse not being collected. Uh, we mentioned the issue of uh, sewages that are bursting potholes that are all over Alexandra and how all these uh, situations are. are they're putting the lives of the people of Alexandria in danger, in particular, mostly the children who are playing around those dirty areas, uh, uh, the illegal connections that are there that can uh, uh, claim the lives of the little ones, in which, in some instances, it, it has happened. We, we have situations where children have died from uh, coming across these illegal connections. So upon us uh, delivering our memorandum, uh, we gave the city 14 days to, for them to respond to uh, our uh, grievances, which they did not uh, respond to our grievances, which led then to uh, the total shutdown uh, taking place on uh, on the 3rd of uh, April. That's when we embarked on, uh, on the action to uh, uh, make uh, the shutdown happen. Uh, it was a peaceful uh, demonstration, yes, there was burning of tires, but no one was hurt, no one uh, uh, was uh, killed. killed or, yeah, there were no serious fatalities, uh, okay. to be precise. Um, now, there were issues, obviously, that uh, the march is an ANC-orchestrated uh, march, which uh, we, as the shutdown uh, committee, would like to uh, pour cold water on uh, those allegations because it was um, an issue of uh, people coming uh, as a community, getting together and uh, voicing their frustrations and uh, saying enough is enough, you know, you, 
uh, are the ones who's living in, in, in these abhorrent conditions. We are the ones who uh, have to deal with the stench of the rubbish. Uh, we are the ones who have to deal with the rats that are infesting our homes. We are the ones who have to deal with the, the sewer blockages that are, are, are happening, you know, like, uh, and then the mayor decided that, that he was not going to show up on the day of the shutdown. He sent uh, uh, one of his uh, MMCs, huh? MMC or MMC's son, who then complained and said uh, the people of Alexandra uh, through racist slurs at him by calling him a Hong Kong, a Chinese man and whatnot. And, uh, you know, seeing the mayor stoop as low as uh, saying that the people of Alexandra did that, instead of coming to the people of Alexandra and uh, having a conversation with them to understand what really their problem is, it, it was, um, it showed the character of the mayor in, in a sense of his leadership where does he stand with the people of Alexandra? Uh, so we, 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 we then uh, embarked uh, on the visit of the president, Cyril Ramaphosa. Yeah. After three days of the shutdown, he came to Alexandra and uh, we did not bite into the promises and say, no, all is well because the president has come. Because at the end of the day, uh, this is not only about uh, uh, putting uh, the city uh, administration in the limelight. We want also all other spheres of government to understand that the issue of service delivery does not only touch the city but touches also other spheres of government. So we, 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 we are not saying by the visit of the president we are numbed down because we are now saying the shutdown is suspended but we are saying we want this interministerial team that they've set up to work and to make sure that the problems of the people of Alexandra are sorted as in right now. Because even if they can come and uh, try to tell us about uh, ARP uh, monies that were lost, people of Alexandra are suffering right now. If there's a probe that needs to come for the Alex Renewal project, let it happen. We as the people of Alexandra also want to know. But it cannot be an excuse for the city to shun the current problems that are happening in, in our township. Uh, hence, we took to the streets to say enough is enough. Lana, let's pull you in here, right? What does the constitution say about service delivery? What are our rights? What can we do? What should we expect? So the constitution says a number of things that are very interesting about service delivery. I mean, as we know, it sets out a range of political, social, economic, and cultural rights. Um, from, the chap from chapter two of the Bill of Rights, there are a couple of rights that are very relevant to service delivery. Quality, human dignity, freedom and security of person, privacy, assembly, demonstration, the right to picket and petition, etc., etc. So there's a set of rights that are completely relevant. But the Constitution also contains a set of justiciable social rights, social economic rights. And we know those. Um, you know, the right to an environment that's not harmful to your well-being, the right to adequate housing, the right to health care, to food, to social security, to education. So the Constitution places obligations on government to ensure the progressive realisation of these rights within available resources. Um, but it does two other very important things. The first thing it does in Section 152 is it speaks specifically about the objects of local government, okay, in this case the Johannesburg Metro which is to provide democratic, 
democratic and accountable government governance for local communities, but to ensure the provision of services to communities in a sustainable manner is number three. To promote social and economic development, a safe and healthy environment, and to actively promote the engagement of communities and community organizations in the matters of local government, not just to consult, but to facilitate and promote community participation in decision making. So a municipality has to structure and manage its administration and budgeting and planning processes to give priority to the needs of, of local communities. Local government needs to respect, protect, promote and fulfill human rights. But, but and that's all that the constitution says. It gives it's give what gives effect to the constitution is a number of pieces of legislation. Um, and the one one of the most important ones with respect to service delivery is the Municipal Systems Act, which was, which was promulgated in, in 2000. And what it does is something interesting in what you've just said, is that it talks about how cooperative governance needs to work between these different spheres of government, between provincial, national, and local, um, and what the responsibilities of these different spheres are in, in terms of the Constitution. But what it does is it defines basic municipal services, which, remember, is the responsibility of local government, as what it, a service that is necessary to ensure an acceptable and reasonable quality of life, and if it would not be provided, would endanger public health or safety or the environment. So what it does is it obliges municipalities to ensure that all members of the local community have access to at least a minimum level of basic municipal services. And it requires that the municipality prioritize the basic needs of the, of, of the community. So. The issue is that municipalities have to focus on the provision of basic services. They may not prioritize other services above that. Um, <clears throat> it gives a very strong obligation, even stronger than the Constitution. So the legal duty to deliver municipal services sits with local government. Um, it's one of the most important local government duties, um, and it includes services such as water, sanitation, electricity, refuse removal, municipal health services, municipal public transport, and municipal roads. And other duties could include firefighting, parks and recreation, roads and public transportation, regulation of childcare, um, essentially, and local government has a critical role, a role to play in the provision of housing. Um, and so, yeah, those, those are the, it's, that's, that's what, so the constitution isn't specific about which services, mm. but it's very clear about the duties of local government. Yeah. Um, and where there's duties, there are rights. Yes. And where there are rights, there are duties. Mm. Um, and there is no way of ensuring um, the justiciable socioeconomic rights that are set out in the constitution without the provision of basic services, which is very clearly the, the duty of local government. Okay, so in one of the things you mentioned, you said that one of the um, the laws, or rather one of the things that the government has to do in terms of providing basic services is electricity, right? Um, so Tandu, I'm going to pull you in here to talk about the electricity, right? Um, you were just saying to me that there was a system put in place for people to pay prepaid um, electricity, and then you get your electricity, which said there were problems with that system, where it would be working on the one day and not working on the next, right? And so eventually, some people in the community have just decided, I want to scrap that system, and I'm going to bridge the electricity, right? Mm -hmm. So, Alana, is that, you know, is that a justifiable option for community members, if they feel that the system is not working for them to just say, well, we're not going to engage it, and we'll do it our way? Well, if you consider the right to, to a safe environment, 
if you consider just the right to human safety, privacy, and dignity entitles people to electricity. Before we look at the Joseph case, which actually was very clear, um, the court very clearly ruled that electricity is clearly a municipal basic service. But that people are motivated to protect themselves from, from shack fires, that they are motivated to provide electricity to protect themselves from criminal um, activity, particularly at night. I mean, I think that, that lights are absolutely critical to that. To gender-based violence, I think women are rendered particularly vulnerable in a situation without electricity. Um, you know, those are completely understandably um, that, that people are making, people are, t are willing to, to take the risk to their own lives of making an unauthorized connection mm -hmm. because electricity is such a profoundly important service mm -hmm. uh, for people for all sorts of reasons to generate an income to 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 produce food for children to enable children to study and, and get an education to i mean electricity is absolutely fundamental mm -hmm. um, to the realization of a range of different socioeconomic rights and so it's completely understandable that people make unauthorized connections where that service is not provided. Yeah. And I suppose it provides, it's another issue because, Bianca, you were just saying earlier that, you know, kids walk around and they can step on these illegal connections, right? Mm -hmm. So the community is aware that they are putting themselves in danger, but it's sort of, you guys are at a point of desperation. True that. Uh, you know, the most uh, fundamental issue here, which is also in our memorandum, is the issue of the enforcing of bylaws. If the city took the issue of bylaws seriously, you wouldn't be having this problem. Because now in other instances in, in Alexandria, you'd find that in an um, RTP house, a person will have, uh, let's say, 20 shacks at the back of the yard. And uh, with only one box, that is supposed to be electrifying one house. It's now electrifying 20 other shacks at the back of the house. So the other person who is supposed to be paying electricity uh, uh, lawfully will then look at that and say, oh, that person has 20 shacks behind the, uh, their yard. They are not paying electricity. Why should I pay electricity, uh, pay for this other person while he has one bridged box? You know. So we are saying also the issue of the enforcing of bylaws is very important because uh, it goes back to the issue that I was talking about, even the rubbish. You know, these people, they don't have bins. They don't have toilets. So waste is, is all over. So imagine uh, on top of faulty connections, there's a stench, uh, there's water, seepages, and sewerages everywhere. So it's a, a one big bomb for mess. Mm, yeah, I understand. Lana, I want to ask you, is the government out of their depth? Because um, from what I'm understanding is that with the mushrooming of these illegal structures, there's more people. There's more people who need electricity, there's more people who need water. If the government came in at a certain point, 2016, 23 houses, they need electricity, and that's what we provided, what, what's the government supposed to do now? So, I mean, I think urban influx is a problem in many developing cities around the world. It's not unique to Johannesburg. That there's growing urban populations and people are being drawn to, to urban cores is, 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 a, is, a, is a global phenomenon. That it takes a little bit of creative city planning to deal with. One of the things we have is the Upgrading Informal Settlements Program, which is part of the housing code, which is part of, it was essentially a law that yeah. governs how the right to adequate housing gets, gets given effect to. Um, and that requires that, that municipalities um, engage meaningfully with communities that are, that are occupying spaces. 
and look at the provision of services to meet their needs. So provide temporary or um, emergency services for up to six months, but then to upgrade that settlement in situ or to relocate them and provide them in the full suite of services. So that's what the law requires municipalities to do. Yeah. The city of Johannesburg has a transfer from national government called the, the Urban Services Development Grant, the USDG. Something like 50% of that grant was sent back unspent by the city. So to come with a, there's no, there's not available resources for us to upgrade um, informal settlements or to upgrade occupiers in situ um, or to deal with the issue of urban influx is, is a difficult argument to make when you're not spending the budget that's yeah. provided for you to provide sites and services to people who do unlawfully occupy land. So are they out of their depth? I wonder if they're just hoping that they can just eradicate occupation and, and settlement rather than upgrade it and provide people with services. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, it's, it's a very, it's a tough one to know, is it a question of political will? I don't believe that it's a question of a lack of money. Um, I, and I think that, it, as you say, there's just not being proactive enough. Mm. The resources are there, the law, the law is there, um, the means, the mechanism, the, the, the capacity to engage. And it should be an extremely high priority um, area to be engaging with com with uh, with communities yeah. in the interests of, of local um, social and economic development. Um, why has this why have they let this happen for so long? I don't know. Yeah. So, um, Sandra, in one of your demonstrations, you guys went and marched into Santin. Now, for most people, they would think, okay, you guys are five kilometers away from Santin. It makes sense to go and protest in Santon, right? It's what the richest square mile in Johannesburg, there's Johannesburg stock exchanges there, and if you go and disrupt those people, you're going to get attention. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that was sort of your guys' strategy, that you're not being heard in Alex, and you've got to move to your, yourselves to a place where someone will listen to you? Okay, from what I've known, I might be talking under correction. Alex, it's a Santon extension 57. So that means uh, we're part of Sentin in a way. Okay. So our, our issues here, they involve them as well. Because people from Alex, they work there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was really important to say, you think you are there in Sentin and you don't have issues. We have issues. So we are in this together and let's work together. It's not a matter of we are attacking the municipality, but we as a community of Annex, or a community of Sentin Extension 57, I'm talking mm. under correction, that means we are all the community of Annex. Mm. Because how train it comes to from, uh, we have a station in Alexandra, of which we don't even understand why they call it Marlboro, why it is in Alexandra. Mm. It takes you to Sentin. And if you if you 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 think if people from Sentin they think they are not involved, they should be very concerned because before we had uh, our malls, we used to buy Sentin. Sentin used to make money with Alex people. Mm -hmm. Remember, we are populated, and it means we are many. There is many of us. And then if I have to go buy grocery, we used to use Sentin. We even do does even now. Mm. So this problem it's not an Alex problem. Yeah. It's also a Sentin problem. And by the way, Sentin has issues with traffic. 
as well. Mm. You see, if they're thinking that our service uh, deliver are a problem, they also have their own problems. Yeah. They don't have they they in certain in a week, they always cut their electricity. It's a problem. It is service delivered. As much as they're building all these um, um, flats or building, mm. it is affecting people of sentin. In a way, so I know some of people from sentin who are saying that they were supporting us. Mm. They were even asking which route are we gonna take because they wanted to join us because they are having problem of service delivery as well. Mm. Imagine you're sitting in sentin, you are paying, or you think you are better than us. But in a day, you don't have uh, electricity for three hours. Mm. It affects you somehow as a business or as a company or as, as an individual. Yeah. You know what, what I mean? Mm. A service uh, delivery, it's a concern for everyone. Mm. It's not about, and unfortunately in Alexander, uh, they took advantage with us because probably we are the black community. I don't know because even people, the people that who are building these houses, they take their rubbles and bring them in Alex, and that is why our 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 river they getting smaller because these people who who against the law who are making these people to pay just for them to to bring the rubbles there. So it means all of us we are in this together. Mm -hmm. So if we all work together. We will, we will definitely have a better service delivery. Mm. Okay. Alana, let me pull you back into this, right? Um, Tanya was just speaking about the illegal dumping of rubbish. Who can they go to? Is, are they supposed to go to the private companies and say, you're not allowed to do this on our land? Do they have to say to the local councillor, look, you represent us. You've got to step up and stop this. Yeah, I mean, it is an infringement of a bylaw, which is exactly what you pointed out. Yes. And we as, as communities, we have an obligation to report these kinds of things. So it's not even just that you have a right to complain, it's that you have an obligation to use the existing channels. So there are places to report illegal dumping. I know that the city has numbers and it's whatever that they provide. And I think that we have, a, we have an obligation as users of services to, to report those. Mm -hmm. The... Um, in the case of waste collection, so it's a slightly different view from yours. So the one is reporting illegal dumping, yeah. and the other is where the waste is not being collected. Um, so it does. So when there's a service like refuse collection, yeah. it doesn't matter whether the municipality does it themselves and the city, the truck says city of Johannesburg, or whether the truck says pick it up. You know whether they have a contract with a private provider or a community provider or anyone else to go and collect that rubbish. At the end of the day, the obligation to ensure that refuge is collected sits with the municipality. So the rule, you know, the kind of route that one would follow would be number one, to complain to the service provider. And if that doesn't work, you go to the service authority, which in this case is the metro, is the city, is the city of Joburg. And then over time, we can start to escalate it to provincial and to chapter nine institutions or however, to however down the line it grows when a service fails and when a municipality fails to deliver a service. Mm -hmm. But ultimately the responsibility for refuse collection sits with the city of Joburg um, and complaints mechanisms are in place. That's part of the providing of a service. All right, so, yes. Okay, I just need to add to what you're talking about. And yes, we do, uh, the right channels, we normally use the right channels. The right channels is we log a call. Yeah. We have been logging calls for this refusal. 
and this uh, the dumping. We have locals for illegal structures. We always have locals for for pick it up for not uh, uh, coming to. We lock all of them. We do like to a point. It, 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 yes, we have records. We did not do this because we decided. We wake up one day and we say, let's go march. Yeah. No, it's all because we've been doing all these things, and we we said, you know what? If we're not gonna protect our Alexandra where we are staying, nobody will do it because already they're not doing that. We does all these things. We we know. We even know numbers. We've been calling JMPBs. We even know some people' numbers. You know, they've been coming to us. They've been taking pictures instead of doing something like I, we say. Like he said, he, they've been giving court orders. Mm. Nothing has been happening. We've been doing the right things. Even the house problems. We've been sending people to go do the right thing. One thing that I know about. Alexandra, which we call ourselves the Beneplus. That means we are the one who were born Alex born and, and born and bred and or we've been staying there forever, mm. you know, is to do the right thing. We've been going to housing, complaining, mm. we've been we've we have been applying. There's in in, in, in uh, what one of five, there's those seven or uh, uh, six houses which were meant for uh, uh, social development, yeah. something like that. For the grannies, but they 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 stop that. But we've been applying for to have a recreational uh, centers, homework centers, like holler because in, in my in my place we don't have that. But we've been applying. You know, one thing about Alex, we always like to do the right things. That's why you saw our match. It was because yes. it was not a, a interfered by the people who don't understand. But we never get help. Now we're having people that we don't even know where they're coming from. They're occupying places like those ones. I'm talking about the eight or seven uh, social houses. They, they, they actually check wrong illegally. illegally. They're sitting there. They're staying there. We don't even know where they're coming from. These people are the ones who, I'm sure if you will go, you'll find that they're not even from Alex. They just know Alex now. The illegal uh, housing, the, the illegal structures, we don't even know where they're coming from. We have tried because we understand the danger of the pylon, pylons. We even try to do a, a gardening for people who do not work. They sort of, we can just go and you know pick some vegetables that we are doing. They took everything out and they built those houses. You know what I mean? Mm. So what about the people, the inner Alexandrians communities who are doing things right? The people who have been staying in Alexandra, who are sharing one room now, as we grow, there are seven in the house, they've been waiting for houses, they had the sea farms, and all these things. And the people who are benefiting from Alex is the people that are coming from other places, because they come and, 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 and do their shakes there. And when the government comes, or before, they used to start with them because they're thinking they're at risk. But forgetting the main people, who needs houses in Alexandria, who are still doing things right, mm. and everybody else that is doing all the wrong things, they're getting it. Mm. That is why people are taking advantage. I think, Tandiwe, I, I definitely agree with you, but I think we must also be very wary of othering. You know you know mm. how you said, if the people in Saturn think that this is not their problem, they're mistaken. So yes, you know, you may be frustrated that people are coming and building up illegal structures, but they are still in your community, mm. you know? 
So maybe, Alana, you can help us. Where do you go when you, Tandiwe was saying earlier, they call, logged in a call, there was water leaking. October, November, December, nobody came out. Eventually they came out, fixed it, did a shoddy job, and you guys had to place another call to tell them to come back and close the pipe. Where do you turn to when the systems are not working for you? I mean, what you're describing is just an unres- is an unresponsive municipality, and uh, you know once you once you've followed formal complaints mechanisms, once you've reported problems, you have evidence of repeatedly reporting problems, of exposing what's happening in the media, um, telling you know telling people what's going on and how these things are not being dealt with. Um, it just it you, it does start to escalate into more and more action. Right, one then has to start. Engaging in, in in wider community mobilization, you've you've um, you've spoken about um, memoranda, petitions. You know, you've been through absolutely yeah, everything. Step, and what step. people don't understand is that protest is not a first resort. That mm. people taking to the streets is not just because they feel like it. Mm. It comes at a huge cost, personally and 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 in terms of energy, time, risk, etc., to people who take that sort of action. Um, and 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 usually comes after years of frustrated attempts to get responses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, the, yeah. accountability. You know, we 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 you know we do it administratively, we do it politically, and we and we do it on our feet and on the streets. Mm-hmm. So I just let's look at it this way, right? We're saying that we have an unresponsive municipality. Um, does the constitution work? Or do city bylaws work if you have bad leaders? That's where the role of, of the community is so is so important. So in in kind of holding duty bearers to account through whatever mechanism and channel is available to you, um, and the courts um, that 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 this court order has been disobeyed means that you know the courts need to take action to address that. Um, so ultimately, people land up in the streets or in the courts, mm. and a mix, yeah. and both are effective strategies. Mm. Um, I think that the and and obviously media awareness of raising the kind of tenor of this, the fact that this sat so strongly on the big debate, which is a you know which has probably one of the biggest kind of viewerships in the country, um, that it's been taken up and taken seriously by the media and by um, all sorts of organisations. I think is really very very important. Um, you've, you've reached the high, I mean, you did reach the highest point in the country, didn't you? From an administrative perspective and internationally and beyond. I think it's been the most unbelievably effective strategy in terms of raising awareness of the unresponsiveness of the municipality to meet its constitutional obligations. Um, okay, thank you for that. If I can chip in also, you know, yes. the, the saddest part of it all, as this thing is being politicized, is that. Uh, you go to these uh, illegal structures that are set there, and you find. I'm just going to be open about it. Yes, please. You go find ahead. you find EFF posters there, and why people put those EFF posters on those illegally built structures is because they know that when the JMPD comes there, they are not going to deal with them because they know that these are EFF people. You know, so it, it, it's, it's a sad thing when a political football game is now being played with the no, lives of people. Nice. You yeah. know, and then they go back and then uh, they point fingers and say, "No, it's an ANC match." When 
this very same people who are saying it's an ANC match are the cause of erecting these illegal structures in the name of expropriating land uh, wherever they go. Uh, once I even spoke to one of their members and I asked them, why are you guys building these illegal structures here? And they said, you know what, ESCOM must come and remove their servitudes so that they can continue living in that land. But I was like, that, that, that land has been like that for many years, sanctioned to say this is a, a power line area. You, there's too much radiation for people to be even living there. And they're saying ESCOM must come and remove those servitudes so that they can continue with their lawlessness. And then they come back and politicize it and say it's ANC. When that's what I'm saying, the sad part is the political game, football well, game of people's lives. I hear what you're saying, but I mean, sorry, Tanji, you can, can go on after me. Just, you know, there's been a bit of a trend, I think, over the years. When elections come up, there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot of service delivery protests that mushroom from everywhere. And so I think to an ordinary viewer, they may go, you know, I'm just going to ignore this because it's elections and people do this all of the time. You know, once the elections are over, then everybody's going to settle down. So you guys have now suspended the shutdown, right? Yes. And you're saying you've suspended it because you want the students to be able to go to school because this is a critical time. Normalcy to take place. Normalcy to take place. To people to go back to work, right? Um, the elections come, you know, when do you plan to continue? Are you going to continue? Well, what we have said as uh, the shutdown team is that we, we're going to hold discipline. Understand amongst all of us because we've been engaging in talks with the province. Uh, David Makura came to Alexander to meet the shutdown team. We engaged in talks with the, the interministerial team themselves, and they gave us their set time dates, uh, timelines to say uh, by this time we would have met with the city of Johannesburg, we would have met as ministers, as the province to. Uh, 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 talk about your issues. Uh, now, what we are waiting for is the, the feedback of um, how the, 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 the uh, multi-party uh, meeting, not multi-party, I mean, uh, in, intergovernmental, because yeah. it, it was not intergovernmental because all of them, they were there, the city was there, the province was there, national. So uh, we are waiting on the feedback, though there was a press release that all uh, was taken out uh, uh, talking about the outcomes of uh, that meeting and how it went. Yeah. So until we get the feedback, it's still suspended. And um, it's, it's not an, uh, even a matter of that we are uh, just going to be willy-nilly happy and just take anything that they say with uh, uh, out getting the proper satisfaction that we want. So we are happy at least that all spheres of government, the three of them, are currently working together to try and solve the problem. However, we will still uh, outplay the, our, our disappointment in how the mayor handled himself throughout uh, the entire issue. Yeah. Uh, but we, we, we remain disciplined uh, community members in, in the sense uh, that you will not just uh, want to shut down yeah. for no absolute reason. Because right now, negotiations are on the table, uh, people are talking, and it's a good start. It's a, it's a what would you call, silver lining or a, mm -hmm. a light yeah. at the end of the tunnel. Uh, but we want to make sure that the issues that we are advocating for, they, they come out uh, and, and are solved. And just to add on, I can't remember what I just about that. 
thing. This shutdown actually it's helping now the community because we are having people who are calling us whenever they have problems and then we are able to help them if we are able. So shutdown it's going to continue <laughs> hopefully forever just to make sure that we get all these things in place happening, you know. And it's opening in a way for the community to have those people who will be able to help them somehow. Yeah. Because it's not, in Alex, it's just not even about service delivery only. There's other issues that which are coming, your drugs, your... So when we say right. totally shut down, it was not even about this only. It's continuing. It's something that is going to continue. As a community member, we're taking upon ourselves to make sure to take care of our township mm. because nobody will do it. We cannot wait for, for other people to to help us because even the help, it takes time, it gets delayed. Yeah. For we must claim back, Alex. Remember that it, it, it has rich history. So we still want to keep it like that because the, the problem was we're seeing that Alex, it's been hijacked mm. from the people from Alex. It was no longer Alex, it was another place. So we, as the community, we just to need to work together and deal with all these problems to actually to help even the, the, the municipality to say, okay, we are having this kind of, we having this kind of a problem. We are coming to help here. Yeah, you have to do your job as well here. Then when we work together, mm -hmm. then things will be better. So the shutdown is not even about this because if we can we can say it was just about the service delivery, we will go back yeah. and have the same problem. So we must just continue. I understand. Um, can I yeah. just for us? <laughs> uh, the other thing just to highlight and show that we are not all about uh, destruction, burning tires and uh, putting rubbish in the streets protesting. On the first of uh, May uh, yeah. We as the shutdown team are uh, going to be organizing a cleaning campaign. Yeah. Okay. Yes, we're community. doing cleaning campaign, including everybody. So the very same way we around. did the shutdown. So we we just want to show that you know what if this is not about anything else. It's not about to take care of our of our yes. Maybe another just as a closing remark, just as a conversation that should go on for mm -hmm. longer than thirty minutes, but unfortunately that's all we have today. Um. Just, you know, you said earlier, these guys have been to the highest point. The president went down to them. So what other recourses left if they've spoken to the president? What, what does the constitution say they can do? What room is there if they get to, let's say, the 26th of August and the president has sort of now disappeared for another crisis? What do people do? There's chapter nine institutions. There's the South African Human Rights Commission. There's the courts. And largely the media, I mean, I think holding holding government at all these different levels, this interministerial task team, accountable for the promises that they've made and the deadlines that they've committed to, is just something that you need that you need to be consistently doing. And you know, getting getting the media on your side to keep publicizing what's been achieved, what hasn't been achieved. Guys, what a rich conversation! Thank you so much for coming, and I think it will continue.
Um, so guys, that's all from us. Please remember that if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook, we're Section 27. On Twitter, we are at Section 27 News. Um, and again, please engage us, tell us what topics you'd like to discuss, let us know your thoughts on our topics. Um, the upcoming episode is going to be on education and we're going to be focusing on service providers and implementing agents. So please do get in touch with us. That's it from me. I'm Nomad Debele, and thank you for joining us in United in Diversity.